Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. I wanted to share just a quick testimony, just jump right in with a testimony of Last week, we actually got a text from one of our staff members. We've got a staff text that just, it's a group text, and you never know what's actually going to be on the group text. There is a lot of good things, and there's a lot of other things. But mostly, it's good things because we're a church staff. Amen? Uh, one of the things that got posted several months, it was actually in April, uh, we were just beginning to pray for, for one of our staff members, uh, their, their nephew or their cousin, Actually, it was a cousin's son had gotten diagnosed with leukemia. I don't know if y'all shared this uh, last week or not, but uh, he had gotten diagnosed with leukemia at the age of two. So we began to pray. Just a lot of people were praying. It's not just us. We're not these super prayers, but we do believe that God manifests Himself through through uh, healing and prayer, and He's attached to our faith. And so we just began to pray for this leukemia to be cursed and crushed in this little boy's life. And so we got a a message last week that said that they can't find any trace of leukemia cell in his body whatsoever. Amen. So good. So good. So good. So I wanted to read this. This is the text message that that the, that the, the dad sent to the staff member. It said, our baby is in remission. We got the best news that we could possibly have ever prayed for. This means that they cannot detect any leukemia cells in his body. They can't detect 0.001% of leukemia in his body. That's the God that we serve, and that's the God that deserves praise. Come on, church. Man, I'm just so thankful for God. So before we go any further, I, I just uh, I believe that God's got something unique and, and specific, but I want to pray. I just want to ask him to continue. So Father, I ask you just to be in this room. Open our ears and open our eyes to to see and to hear you. Open our understanding, God, to to get a glimpse of more of who you are. So, so thankful for all that you've done in worship. I think that you move in worship and you move on your word. I'm expecting, God, that when your word is shared by faith, that our situations And the things around us have to respond to the word of God that is sharper than any two-edged sword. And so I release your word, God. I submit myself to you. We submit ourselves to you to hear, to speak, to be guided under the direction of the Holy Spirit. Right Right now where you're sitting, will you just say, Holy Spirit, will you come? Holy Spirit, will you come? Holy Spirit, will you fill me up? Overflowing. That's who I am. Because it's who you are. I believe it, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So uh, a few weeks ago, we had Sean Foyt in town, and I don't know how many of you were here for that. A lot of you were here for that. Sean spoke some things that I really just believed uh, it just ignited some things within me and within our church. And there were a few things that he said that just kind of stuck with me. But one of the things that he said uh, that stuck with me was this. He said, this is that which was spoken. And he was talking about this move of God. And as Sean was preaching and I was, as he was sharing in Midland, I began to get this, uh, this visual, visualization of two different perspectives. That we can have two perspectives right now as the body of Christ or as Christians or as people. 
We can have this perspective that our world is in one of the, the, the most dire situations that it's ever been in, that everything around us is collapsing, that we could have this perspective that the current uh, guy who's sitting in office, the president, the president sitting in office is literally cursing our country and bringing our country to this place of doom. We could have that perspective, or we could have the perspective that we could be living in the single most powerful move of God that we've ever experienced in our lifetime. And I'm just going to tell you that your thoughts, your faith, your expectation is going to follow whichever perspective you're pursuing. It's going to, I guarantee you that you could probably identify the perspective that you're living in by listening to the words that are coming out of your mouth. You could identify the perspective that you're living in if you watch and go back and read your own posts on social media. We have two perspectives we can live in. I'm just challenging you to live and change your thought process in your words to start declaring and believing that you're living in the midst and you're a part of you play a role in the single most powerful move of God that we've ever experienced in our lifetime. That's the perspectives that we can have. One of the things that I just began to see, and I had this vision as, as Sean left and, and we started the work week last week, is I had this vision, and this is what I want to share the message out of today. I had this vision of a, of a container. And the container, uh, if, you, if, you, if you need a, an extra detailed description of this container... It was much like a Pringles can. I prefer sour cream and onion myself. I don't know about you, but I saw this container and the lid on this container was being pulled open. And it was being pulled open and kind of forced open by faith and hope and expectation that was rising up on the inside of us, maybe for the first time in a long time. It was like there's something bubbling up on the inside of us that's actually removing and pushing the lid off of our lives for the first time. But then I saw this other perspective from the outside of the container, and there was something, there was a force that was actually trying to slam this lid closed. And there was this conflict happening in the spirit realm. There's our faith that's being engaged and our hope that's being ignited and our expectation that's falling more and more and more in line with that second perspective that we're walking in, one of the single most powerful moves of God that we've ever experienced. But then there was this force that was trying to shut this lid, and, the, and I believe that one of the forces that were trying to shut this lid was this force of unforgiveness. Now, unforgiveness is something that we, we, nef, we definitely don't like to hear because most of us carry it. And most of the time, we don't like to hear the things that we deal with. We want to we hear about all the other shiny good things. Teach me about prophecy. Teach me about healing. Teach me about the glory of God, the presence, but don't touch unforgiveness. Jesus spoke super, super black and white about unforgiveness. He said some very, very challenging things about unforgiveness. So today I want to talk to you about the unlocking power of forgiveness. I need you to understand that there is unlocking power in your ability to forgive. Something breaks in the spirit realm. Something happens in your heart because that's what this is about. Something happens in your heart the moment that you release the words, I forgive them. And Jesus comes alongside and he strengthens you to actually be able to walk through this process of even praying for the person that you have something against. Now that's uncharted territories for most of us. We might think, let me rephrase that, we think about a lot of people that have done us wrong. 
And sometimes we think things that are far worse than the things that we think when we're driving down the road and we have road rage. Like that scratches the surface of what we think about people that have done us wrong. Side note, you ever just wanted to be in your car? I tell Stacy this, my wife all the time. I'm like, sometimes I just wanna be able to smash people and no one get hurt and not be responsible for any damage. Just run through a red light and just, my, one of my bucket list items, bucket list item is I wanna drive a car in a crash up derby so bad. Anyways, but some of the things that we think about people that have done us wrong are far worse than our road rage thoughts. Jesus is in the room. He spoke strongly about unforgiveness. He said things like this in Matthew chapter six. He said, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive them of their trespasses, neither will, your, neither will the father forgive you of your trespasses. When he taught us to pray, he said a lot of fantastic things. Some of the things we, we harp on, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yes, we want that. He says this, and forgive us of our debts as we forgive our debtors. Jesus is talking about the receiving of forgiveness as we give forgiveness. And can I tell you, forgiveness is more for you than it is for the other person. Forgiveness is more for you than it is the other person. I think Joyce Meyer said this. She said that having unforgiveness in you is like drinking deadly poison and expecting the other person to die. But this is our reality a lot of times. And then we combat that with, well, Scripture says that I would drink poisonous things and no, by no means hurt me. <laughs> He's talking really, really black and white. If you go into like Matthew chapter, I think it's 28, he talks about this king and this servant, and the servant comes to this king, and this, king, this servant owed the king debt. He was indebted to the king. And the king forgives, and I'm paraphrasing this, but the servant, he owes the king something, and he says, King, please forgive, forgive this debt of mine. I can't pay it right now. So the king sends him away and, and, and forgives the debt. And immediately the servant encounters another servant, someone just like him. It's like me encountering you or you encountering me or you encountering the person that is indebted to you, the person that has done something wrong to you. And instantly the servant asks this other guy, where's my money? Like pay up. It's like, oh, please. I don't have the money to pay you right now, but can I come back to you a little, at a later time and then can I pay you later? This servant that had just walked out of this place with the king actually is so infuriated that he sees to it that this servant that is just like him is gone and tossed into jail because he has a debt and he's offended because this guy can't pay him. Word gets back to the king. And Jesus is telling a parable, but word comes back to the king that the, the servant that the king had actually forgiven this debt of has actually gone to the furthest extent to withhold offense. And the king says, you wicked servant, may all of these things, this torment, this torture come upon you because of your wickedness. Jesus, he spoke super, super strongly about forgiveness. The thing about forgiveness is this, it's really hard. Do I have anybody that agrees? Yeah. Forgiveness is tough. We walk in these situations with people and it's like, I don't know if I have the ability to do that. And can I tell you within yourselves, you don't have the ability to do that. 
Jesus seems to be this person that's the king of saying things that are easier said than done. You ever notice that about Jesus? Like he says all these things in scripture, you're like, uh-huh, easier said than done, Jesus, prove it. He's like, hey, so when someone slaps you in the cheek, here's what you need to do. You need to actually go and you need to turn your other cheek and let them take that one out too. Just let them slap that one too. Hey, when someone steals your jacket, offer them your shirt. You're like, time out, Jesus. First off, I didn't offer that joker my jacket. He stole my jacket. And so I'm about to offer my shirt to some dude that just stole something from me in the first place. Jesus has this ability to say things that are way easier said than done. I think in these moments, it's like Jesus goes from Jesus, Jesus being the man to Jesus being God. It's like, he's like, hey, when someone slaps you in the cheek, turn your right cheek. I'm like, yeah, that's easier for you to say, Jesus, because you turned into God. He slapped you. You didn't even feel it. It moved straight through your face, Jesus. You were God in the moment. Jesus, this is so challenging for us to do. He says, you got to do it anyways. I'm being funny and I'm being light, but Jesus spoke really strongly about forgiveness. And the text that I want to go to today that we're going to spend some time in is Luke chapter 17. It's going to be up on the screen. We're going to read out of the New King James Version. We're going to start in verse one. It says this. It says, then he, this is Jesus speaking. These are red letters in your Bible. So pay close attention. It is impossible that no offenses should come. But woe to him through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and if he were thrown into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and seven times in a day he returns to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Verse five, the apostle said to him, increase our faith. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. Interesting scripture, but Jesus starts out this and he says, offenses are going to come. It's actually impossible that they shouldn't come. So Jesus is actually warning us. He's trying to get us ready for living life on the earth with people. You live with fallible people. You go to church with imperfect people. You're listening to an imperfect pastor deliver a perfect word that is a scripture to you. But offense is going to come. And he says this. He says to the disciples, take heed to yourselves, meaning pay attention. Pay attention. Don't be caught off guard. Be ready in season and out of season. He's talking about being ready for offense because offense is going to happen. Don't be caught off guard when it does. Most of the time, we are. Offense happens, something's said to us, something isn't said to us, something's offered, not offered, and eventually or instantly, sometimes we just bubble up in this place of chatter, inward chatter about how awful they are, inward chatter about these things. Jesus says, take heed to yourself. Don't be caught off guard. I think it's interesting that Jesus says, seven times in a day, forgive them. It's almost like Jesus knows us. It's like Jesus knows that we operate from this place of a checklist. We, we live life in our Christian life through a checklist. I read my Bible today. I prayed today. I worshiped today. Jesus, somebody did me wrong today and I forgave them once. Check. 
It's almost like he wants to get us to this place where we're not so concerned with this checklist and doing the things that need to be done just to skate through. But he's saying, if the man comes to you seven times, or the person comes to you seven times, and they repeat the offense seven times in a day, forgive them. Jesus is interested in your heart. And so when you go through this process of forgiveness over and over by the second, third, fourth time, something's happened to your heart that is healing because forgiveness is for you more than it is for the other person, that it's healed you so much that you forgot about the checklist. You're now operating and living in the life that Jesus died for you to live because your heart is being healed over and over. When you forgive someone that's done something wrong to you and you forgive them, you're gaining power and you're gaining authority every single time because you're submitted to Jesus and you're not submitted to this offense. And a person who is submitted to Jesus is a powerful person. I've heard it said that the measure of your power is often equal to the measure of your ability to surrender or submit to Jesus. All of a sudden, you've gone through this process of forgiveness. Your heart is changing more and more into the image of Jesus that now the person that has offended you is starting to notice that something looks way different about you. Like, I've done this. I've been through this cycle before. I've, I've actually caused hurt and pain to so many people that they've just pushed me away, but for some reason, something's taken place. I'm getting something from this person that I've never got before. Now forgiveness has moved from just to you, but it's actually for them too. Jesus knows how we live, and Jesus knows how he works. I love the apostles' reaction in this story. They're like, okay, Jesus, we hear what you're saying. Seven times in a day, mm-hmm. Lord, you gotta help me increase our faith increase our faith. Like, you don't know the people I live with. You don't know the things that have been done to me. You don't know the things that were said to me. And Jesus like, I live with him every single day. I know. I know. The interesting part of this scripture is the next part. And Jesus says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and planted into the sea and it would obey you. I want to read that same scripture, but I want to read it in the King James Version. It says, and the Lord said, if ye had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye might say unto this sick mind tree, be thou picked, plucked up by the root and be thou planted in the sea and it should obey you. In doing some research on just this scripture, I found some interesting things about this sick mind tree that Jesus talked about. And Jesus selected a specific tree because Jesus is a very intentional God. He says this sick mind tree, this one tree, he picked this one tree to be the example of unforgiveness. He picked this one tree to be the example of bitterness. He says this tree. A few things about this tree is this tree can grow and they grow in the Middle East and they grow in all types of environments. But the root system of this sick mind tree goes really, really, really deep into the earth. It taps into the deep, deep, deep things, the deep waters of the earth. And so oftentimes, like bitterness, you can't cut this thing off and expect it to die. They found that when they would just cut this tree off because of its root system, it would start pulling on this, the resources. It would start pulling on any life around it, and it would slowly but surely come back to the surface. How oftentimes do we deal with forgiveness like that? I'll just cut that person out of my life. I'll move on, and everything will be totally fine. All of a sudden, you're living life um, uh, something reminds you, a trigger happens, you get, rem you get reminded of them, and all of a sudden, here comes something coming back through the surface. Like, I thought I killed that thing. This tree couldn't be killed unless it was dealt with by the root. 
And bitterness and unforgiveness can't be dealt with properly unless you make a conscious decision to go way down into the root system and pull this thing out once and for all. The second thing about this and this tree that's really interesting is that they grew really easy. And I, and I said that they grow in, in, in interesting environments, easy environments. They grow, they grow in hard environments, easy, easy environments. Jesus said it was impossible that offense should come. It's impossible. Offense doesn't prefer a certain type of soil. It doesn't prefer a social type of status or race or economic status. It doesn't prefer a gender. It doesn't prefer an age. If you think about the woman caught in adultery, Jesus said, okay, you who are without sin, throw the first stone. Scripture says that they started dropping their stones and walking away the oldest to the youngest. Bitterness and unforgiveness and judgment, they all kind of run in the same circle, but they don't know an age. Just like this tree, it would actually grow in these places where there seemed to be no water. It grew in these places where it seemed to be dry. Bitterness and unforgiveness, it grows deepest in the places where we're dry where we haven't allowed the Lord to do a work in us. A bitterness and unforgiveness like this tree, it starts finding food and it starts finding moisture and it starts finding things to suck out of the soil so that it can thrive because after all, it has to grow. It has to, to, to come up out of the soil and it has to be predominant. These trees grew to 30 foot tall. 30 foot tall, and sometimes I wonder if we could see in the spirit if bitterness and, for, and unforgiveness actually looked like something. What would it look like? How tall would it be rising out from our hearts? How bound would we look like if we could actually see the bitterness and the unforgiveness on people? So we have to pay attention to our heart. Jesus said that everything flows from your heart in Proverbs. Everything flows from your heart. We have to pay attention to the soil, the garden of our heart. If I tend to the garden, meaning if something comes along and I'm not caught off guard when offense comes, and I've done my due diligence and I instantly take care of it with Jesus and I instantly take care of it within myself, and maybe sometimes I even have to go take care of it with that person, I would encourage you to go to there first. I've actually produce the soil and got a soil so ready that when God actually tries to put something in it, the right fruit grows. The third thing I want to point out about this tree is the fruit. Interesting thing about this tree is the fruit. It grew a fig. Now, this fig was really, really bitter. And it was, it was, it was really cheaply sold. So poor people often could only uh, afford this type of fruit. So they ate this fruit. But this fruit was so bitter that they could only have a nibble at a time. So they would actually take this fig, they would take a small bite, they would actually leave, they would actually chew on it slowly because they had to let their taste buds and let their body process what they're eating. And this is the danger of bitterness and unforgiveness. We slowly take a bite of it and we take this memory and we chew on it. And maybe we actually give some to someone else. And we nibble on what happened. We nibble on the offense. We nibble on the bitterness. We slowly chew. We slowly taste this thing. We swallow it. 
And then if we're not careful, we'll actually return to this fruit of bitterness and unforgiveness. We'll take another bite and we'll share it some more. Maybe all of a sudden that memory is, is kindled again and we go back to this fruit of unforgiveness and bitterness. And the, the thing that we have to be careful about in this moment is to not become the thing that we're eating. See, it's, it's one thing to have dealt with or be dealing with bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart. It's a whole different thing to become bitter. I believe that bitterness and unforgiveness, when we become bitter or when we become people that can't forgive, we start walking into things and we start wanting healing that we can't get. See, I think that healing is directly connected to our ability to forgive. Jesus said this, he said, if you had the faith in verse six of a mustard seed, you could speak to this sigmine tree, you could speak to this bitterness, you could speak to this unforgiveness, and it would be pulled up and tossed to the sea. If you would simply place your trust in Jesus, that is faith. Faith is me saying, Jesus, you have a better way than I do, so I'm gonna trust your way above my way, and I'm actually gonna walk through your process, not my own process. He says that when you trust Jesus in faith or by faith, you can walk out of this place of unforgiveness and into a place of power and freedom. I believe that there's an unlocking power in the ability to forgive. And if you've been dealing with a sickness or you've been dealing with disease, maybe treatment hasn't worked for you, I'm gonna ask you, the Lord is asking you, and keep in mind, I'm preaching this message simply because of this place that I don't want you to get to this place where the lid is shut back on what God is trying to do in your life. Your faith and your encouragement and your hope and your expectation, it's moving things. It's moving things. And more than ever, we need you to not be sidelined by bitterness or unforgiveness any longer. Don't let this thing close the lid on your life right now. We're living in the midst of one of the greatest moves of God ever. If you need healing in your life, I'm gonna ask you to go back to the Lord and ask, is there any place or is there anyone that I'm holding something against that I haven't quite let go? Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out renewlifechurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.